Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded, a podcast all about creating visibility, paths for growth, and opportunity for entrepreneurs. We focus on those entrepreneurs who are statistically underrepresented in the startup ecosystem. Your hosts are Zena Island, president of X Plus PR, a media relations agency, angel investor Aurelia Flores, managing member of Athena Digital Media Group, a digital marketing agency, and angel investor Christina Francis, president of Esteem Logic, an information technology, consulting, and training firm. In each episode, you will meet a new startup founder, hear about their company and where they are now. We then focus on one key challenge facing that entrepreneur, a challenge that is common among startups. Each episode also features a guest expert to weigh in on the challenge. Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded. Welcome back to another episode of Get Found, Get Funded. I am your co-host, Zena Island, and today we're talking about something that's really near and dear to my heart, which is the harness, harnessing the power of networking. Recently, I attended a female entrepreneurship conference on how to grow and scale your business, where I spent most of my time talking and meeting people. At the end of the conference, a young man asked me to interview and to get my thoughts on, on tape about the event. When he got to the question, what was the most powerful thing I took away from this conference? And I said, the power of networking. Everything is related to networking. Almost every success you have in life and business is because the right person is in your network. Everything you accomplish happens through other people, through a team, and through a network. The power of networking can make or break your business. Your network is everywhere. Your network is face-to-face -face relationships, your social media friends, your virtual connections. Your network is people you speak to every day and those you've never met. Any person you communicate with can immediately become part of your network. It can be a LinkedIn interaction or it could be a customer service call, one coming into your business or an outgoing call you make. It can be a cold call from a potential client, the call you make to set up an appointment. Anytime two human beings communicate, there is the potential of joining each other's network. I am with two women today who I met through the Pipeline Angels Network. Although I'm not an investor, my co-hosts Aurelia Flores and Christina Francis agreed to be a part of this podcast because I met them through a network. So today is a special show because you get a chance to hear from the three of us on our thoughts of networking. And I'm so excited to introduce to you my co-hosts, Christina <laughs> Francis and Aurelia Flores. Welcome, ladies, to our show. <laughs> no guest expert today. <laughs> In your opinion, why is creating a power, personal power grid or your network is a key component to the success in life and business? So I guess I can start. This is Christina. Um, so I was just, just as you were reading, I was thinking about just my life and the pattern of my life. And, and from a professional perspective, I may have had seven, eight jobs, but only two interviews. And part of the reason for that is because I was able to get jobs based on relationships that I built. Um, one particular one, actually, I was just, it's really interesting. I took a uh, coding uh, camp. Uh, so I was working full time, doing this at night. And the person who was actually teaching my class ended up saying, hey, we have job openings. Why don't you apply for this job? Um, so I applied, but 
you know, kind of just went through a different type of hiring process. Um, and so I think, you know, you, to your point of the personal power grid, it's really important to, one, understand where you are in life, then, then think about where you want to go. Um, and not be afraid to invite people in, into your life to ask questions, to learn from others, uh, and just figure out you know, where you may, might want to go, because you, you never know where you can end up. Yeah, and let me say to you, Zena, because it was really nice to hear welcome, because we welcome <laughs> everybody else, so welcome to you too. <laughs> um, I think you know, being in marketing as I am, and particularly digital marketing, I think a lot of folks that I talk to forget that even if you're online, it is about connecting with people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it may not be a one-to-one -one connection. It might be a one-on-many, but it's still about creating consistency in who you are and what you want to do. And so I would say that certainly over the course of my life, I've gotten better at constructing the messages that I want to convey to people and and really being really focused on who I'm with mm -hmm. at the time. I think we, we go to these networking functions or even if we're online, right, there's so much either digital noise or just kind of ambient noise wherever we go. Mm -hmm. And so to remind ourselves just to really stay focused on who we're with yeah. because you never know what you might learn or what you might gather out of each of those personal connections. You know, that's interesting because we did not start making those online connections. It's, it's only within the last 10 years, if you think about it. Um, blogging, to me, started right. all of this. This is before Facebook, sure. Twitter. And I remember I met a lot of people online through blogging. And I wasn't a blogger, but I was a publicist for an um, organization called Blogalicious. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I made these incredible um, friendships and professional relationships as well mm -hmm. through online media. And I find that very interesting because when you compare that to online media to what Christina was talking about, which is that face-to-face, -face, that personal connection. But I made just as many good friends, mm -hmm. built a powerful online network through social media and also through blogging. So I want to hear your thoughts on both of you about, you know, how can you build both of them and make them incredibly strong and work, have them work together for the benefit of your business? That's a great, great question. So, and I'm going to take it, look at... Um, my corporate business life and then entering into the entrepreneurship world. Because corporately, I went to a lot of conferences, I had a lot of face-to-face -face client meetings, you know, meeting teaming, potential teaming partners in person to build that trust and rapport. So I think when I was, before, I, about two years ago, my LinkedIn connections, I had like only 500, right? Only 500. Only 500. <laughs> um, <clears throat> because a lot of what I did was face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. A lot of what I did was face-to-face -face. and I was, conferences, I would, probably be the last person at the conference, just making sure I'm walking around, introducing myself to individuals, looking at you know who's presenting, um, you know, just really building relationships. And you and I have been to several mm -hmm. places together. I just love people and I love to understand what they do. Um, sometimes I don't have an agenda, I just wanna know who's there. <clears throat> um, and when I started my business, I was in a new environment, a new set of circles of people. Um, I, you know, I didn't know a lot of folks, and so one of the things that I was doing was going to events to meet people. 
Um, and then I would also go online. I looked at LinkedIn, introduced myself. I am now one of LinkedIn's probably biggest users, biggest fans. Um, they actually have a, um, I don't know if you guys know this. There's a, uh, I was trying to look it up while we're sitting here, functionality where you can be somewhere and actually say who's here, who's around me, and it pops up and it shows you who's actually around you. And so you can connect to them and you can actually see who they are. So if there is someone that you're interested in talking to, you get a little bit of background information on them. I like that. That's cool. Mm -hmm. You have to show me that feature. I will absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it is so important to make sure that we are building those connections, mm -hmm. like you said, and kind of being approaching people with genuine curiosity and from my standpoint, also a place of service, not just right. what exactly. can I get, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. But rather, you know, who is this person? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what's what's up with them? What's going on? And is there an opportunity to serve? Absolutely. And and I think I'm not a natural extrovert. I can play one on TV, <laughs> 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 but um, I'm not normally like I don't. I'm not one of those people at the conferences that goes and goes around and talks to everybody because I get tired. Like yeah. it's, it's for yeah. me, it's mm -hmm. energy draining mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and I, I really appreciate the connections that I make mm -hmm. when I go and speak to people and it doesn't give me a rush. Like, you know, kind of natural extroverts get, they get yeah. more excited by meeting that's people. Me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me too. And, and that's mm -hmm. definitely not my, my wiring. And it's important then for those people like me mm -hmm. who still find it crucial and kind of you can't get around needing a network is how do you do that in a way that allows you to really connect with people right. and do it in a way that um, stretches your energy instead of drains it. And then you can use some of those tools, like you said, to mm -hmm. be able to kind of follow up on the connections when it makes sense, whether it's LinkedIn or someplace else. Yeah. yeah, I would say what's interesting about that that comment is, so Zine and I get energy from people, and so being at conferences is great, and I think we also suffer from, sometimes we go to so many events that yes. it's a time suck, right? <laughs> yes. And you've got to figure out, okay, can I, can I do this, get my client work done, get my board work done, get all the work that I'm doing, take care of my kids, be a good wife, do all that stuff, can I do all of it? And so I think you bring up a good point especially as an entrepreneur, is really managing the energy. Um, you know, one of the things that I learned about myself when I made the transition was that I did get so much energy from people. And so when you're working, you know, from home most of the time or working with a smaller team than you're used to, I remember one week I, I hadn't talked to a lot of people face-to-face -face for probably like two or three days. And my husband came home. And I'm just like in this weird mood that I've never been in. He's like, what is going on? I was like, I need social, just to, to socialize. I need to get out. <laughs> um, and so I l learned a lot about myself that I do need to make time for that. But managing the time is actually something that takes a little bit of practice. And I guess the other thing I'll say is that sometimes your network and your connections just happen over time and mm -hmm. because of where you find yourself or because of boards that you've been asked to be on and so forth. I would definitely say that early on in my career and I think for all of us we're no longer in our 20s right mm -hmm. we won't we what? won't say anything more well, than that nothing more anything. than that but speak for yourself <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say I feel like I'm 25 <laughs> <laughs> I, feeling and be I, I'm with you <laughs> but I, the reason I bring that up is that I think I did just get carded the other day nice <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the reason I bring that up is because sometimes we gather 
um, networks and connections mm -hmm. and reputation and, right. um, you know, really just kind of that collateral right. as, as an asset of our reputation and who we have in our network and what our connections are over time. And I definitely was not somebody who was as deliberate about it really early on in my career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it, it probably took me until my 30s to kind of think about that a little bit more carefully. Yeah. Um, and then even then, it took a little bit longer to really understand kind of what the power of that could look like right. and how much it meant. Right. Um, and then when I was doing blogging in, you know, 2008, I was actually, I think, at the second Blogalicious, on a panel at the second Blogalicious no conference. Way. Yeah. Um, I did not know that. <laughs> that was Miami. Yep. I was there. <laughs> um, you know, I think that, that those kind of connections can be started mm -hmm. online, they can be cultivated online, right. but they can't be deepened mm -hmm. without some kind of personal interaction. And so... You know, as those kind of connections grow and morph over time, it can be pretty amazing what that looks like. I agree with you. And one of the things about and don't me, do what I did. Be more deliberate about it. <laughs> well, and I wasn't deliberate. I just was just connecting with people. Like like Christina said, one of the things that I love is that I love people. I love the energy. It's not a, a, a drain suck for me. You know, for other people, it is. So like today, uh, I was on the phone with a client. And she said to me, you know, the reason, and it's a friend of mine who's hiring me. I'm like, well, you're amazing, and you have this incredible book out, and you're doing fabulous. And um, so she said, but the person I need is you because you're, you don't mind talking to people. You don't mind promoting people. You enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Whereas for me, I'm more of a creator, and I like to stay behind the scenes and create. And I need someone like you with that energy who doesn't mind talking about about my book or whatever else I'm doing to other people and to help promote it. So it's so funny how that can be a strength of yours and just don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, Aurelia, where you, you were a little bit more deliberate, you think about it, you said, you know, I'm an extrovert, you know, sometimes. And for people like you, you really put a lot of, you do put thought behind it. Like, who should I approach? Who should I talk to? So I think there's, you can look at it in both ways. You have to be strategic about it, mm -hmm. which Christina's good at as well. And then at the same time, there's somebody like me who just feeds off the energy. <laughs> you know the thing that I love doing, and this is, I realize I do this a lot, is when I meet people, the first thing I think about is who can I connect them with? First thing I think about is who can I connect them with? And sometimes I'll do it right there in person. Oh, I need to connect you with this individual or link them afterwards. But I think, you know, one of the things that I love doing now is one, seeing my different networks cross and then making sure that those people get connected mm -hmm. to the individuals that they're with, particularly with angel investing and particularly with helping companies look at strategic partnerships or, you know, mentorship is another area that I, I really look at if someone's looking for a mentor. Sometimes I can hear what they're saying, and two people will pop in mind, and I'll, I'll put them in contact. But I think that's the power of the network and actually now maturing into where you are and who you know and being able to leverage that to support and service other people. I do that a ton, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's definitely a default for me as mm -hmm. well, you know, meeting people and kind of hearing what they've got going on and what they need. And um, who can I put them in touch with mm -hmm. and, you know, who's a part of my network? And, and I think one of the things that I know we've talked about in the past is, is this person ready to connect with people right. in my network? Right. Um, I spoke with somebody last week who is working on a really cool 
project, I think it's going to go really far. Mm -hmm. And it literally took an hour to kind of fight for me to finally understand what they were talking about. Mm. And I already knew this person. There was already some cachet there. I already mm -hmm. kind of, you know, trusted um, this person and, and their intentions. So I was willing to sit through that process and let them get to the end. Mm -hmm. And I was very clear, I will put you in touch with people because I think that will be great. And you've got to get your message much more honed. Right. And you've got to be ready for mm -hmm. those introductions because there are a lot of introductions that I can make for this person. Right. And... Um, Partly that's an occupational hazard is I'm always listening for the hook and can you, you know, very quickly tell me what you're doing and what's going on. Um, but also I think that's just part of learning how to be really respectful of people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Get to the point and tell me who you are and what you do because I want to, I don't want to know, right. right? But also I want to know how I can help you and if there's good connections or maybe there's somebody here that I can introduce you to. Mm -hmm. And if you, if it takes you a really long time to get there, then we've lost those opportunities. Yeah, and, I and not everybody will wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things, I like that point, because one of the things I know I share with everyone is we hold each other's reputations in our hands. And so one of the things is, is knowing when people are ready and mature enough to, or ready, I won't say mature, but ready to go to that next level if you're going to link them with someone. Or the idea of being mature enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, for a business perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I'm thinking you know, there's business, there might be mentorship as well. Sure. There are folks that are having challenges with their, their job, some people challenges in life, and being able to link them with the right people who may have gone through something similar to help them. Um, yeah, but I do think, uh, you know, knowing exactly when you can make that introduction. I think on the flip side is knowing when you're approaching someone about an ask is being very cognizant of the time, of, of what you're asking them to do, and giving them a, as much upfront information as you can so that they can actually be very helpful. Um, I actually had a situation, I guess it was a few months ago, where, you know, someone wanted something from me. They, they were very persistent on, on calling me. They didn't have all the information that I needed to help them. And finally, I had to let that person know, hey, you're not ready, and, and I'm not, I need this information before I can move forward. Um, and it was interesting to see that person's attitude change. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really big on attitude and just um, appreciation. And so I gave that person some last information just to help them out. And then I, I made a decision that I'm not going to move forward pushing them on, in this way just because they're not ready for what I need to introduce them to, to my network. Well, let, me, let me kind of double down on that in, yeah. in a couple different interesting ways. Um, being, in net, being in marketing, I often tell our clients to get testimonials, mm -hmm. right? Get testimonials, have something you can put on your website or in an ad copy or whatever, right? right. Get, get testimonials. And clients will often tell me, well, yeah, I've, got, I've worked with great people and they love me, but I haven't gotten anything in writing. And I think part of this is kind of owning your own value mm -hmm. and saying, please get, please get a great testimonial. And by the way, it's okay to make it easy for people. Right. Right. So I say, write up your own testimonial. I mean, you've heard them talk to you. You've heard them say what they like about you and mm -hmm. what's going on. Write it up. Send it to them. Hey, edit this, whatever and send it back to me, make it yours, but you know, can you do this? And that's a huge help for Excellent. people. I mean, I've had people write me testimonials and I'm like, oh thank goodness, because mm -hmm. I didn't have to write it from scratch, right? right? And okay, great, I'm happy to say how awesome you are, mm -hmm. but if I've got to sit and write something from scratch in the middle of all of the other writing and creating that I have to do all day, it may happen or it may not for a few months. So, but if you send me an email and it's right there, right. great, a lot easier. 
Brandy, go ahead. Yeah, and that goes for for recommendations as well. So I've had a few people who are applying for inc for incubators yeah. or accelerators, and some of the people that I've loved helping are the ones who wrote things up. And actually, in in reading, I'm like, oh, great. And I was able to actually use some of that language when I helped them a second or a third time. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. The more work that you can do up front, and I think it also helps that individual hone the message that they're coming up with as well. Let's talk about your work as a. Um, angel investor mm -hmm. and the power of your network that you've built what recommendations do you have for founders you know entrepreneurs who are building their businesses who are looking for investments um, when do you f figure out okay yes now is the time for me to introduce them to this to my network when is that right time is mm -hmm. my first question and how can an entrepreneur build their own powerful network so that they can leverage it and be able to build their businesses and also receive investing? That's a loaded question, I know. Zena. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm catching everybody <laughs> um, off guard. So the first part is when do you know? So I'll, I'll actually answer that um, by saying there are different types of investments. And, and I know, you know we'll probably talk about the mind of, of an investor um, at some point later. But for me, as an investor, there's, a, am I going to make a financial investment in this individual? Am I going to make a personal mentorship investment in, in helping them from a, either a business perspective or helping them formulate uh, hooks for their strategic partnerships? Am I going to make a uh, talent investment, you know, really identifying someone that could work for them? Um, I, I can't tell you how many people reach out to me for uh, you know, developers, um, data, data science, um, scientists, CTOs, just really identifying talent and helping move talent along. Um, and the other is, you know, there's the financial investment that you do um, to help them raise money. But sometimes uh, uh, founders actually need, you know, money to go to a conference or money to speak at an event or, or something that's a little bit different than what you typically think from an investment perspective. So what I typically do is, one, identify how do I want to support, help, and service that individual. Um, I'll then think about, is this, is this something that I want to do right now? Does it make sense? I will again look at the rapport that that person is building with me and me with them. Mm -hmm. um, and if I'm going to help them personally, I will. Otherwise, I'll put a plan. Okay, these are the things I think I, I'm hearing that you need. I'll walk them through that, and they'll say, yes, I need that. No, I don't need that. And if they do need something that we've talked about, I'll say, all right, here, I can introduce you to these individuals, but here's what you might need before you go talk to them. Um, so we'll go, you know, I kind of go through, a, a, it's not a formalized plan, but I have my own process for that. So I'm going to um, build on what Christina said with regard to kind of my internal process, and then I want to back up and ask, answer your question from an external standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, I've had people ask me for help or support in their endeavors um, as a startup, and then they want to do it on their terms. Mm -hmm. And... Um, <laughs> sometimes I'm able to go down that path and sometimes I just can't or won't, right? Right. So um, there are ways and times that will, so, so a lot of people want kind of help or free help or reduced cost help with their marketing because marketing is really important for any business. And I'm willing to do that quite often for folks if they're, if they're willing to put in the work and if they're willing to kind of take the feedback and, and do something with it and if they're able to work around my schedule, mm -hmm. right? So, so those are different pieces in my calculations. And I've had people 
who I've, you know, I've said, here's my calendar, here's, you know, how you can meet with me, here's what to do. And then I've had come, people come back, well, can we do it this way or this way or this way? I'm like, you're making it really hard for me to talk to you. So you're I'm making I, it hard to say yes. I, you know, I'm, it's going to be tough for me to kind of fit you in because I already have these processes. I already run a business. I already have a business partner. We already have processes in place. If you can fit into my world and make it easy for me, then I am willing to make an investment in you, whether it's of time or knowledge or, or um, money, right? But if you're not able to do that, then then perhaps it's not a good fit. And that's okay, right? There's There's no judgment that way right we all process and do, do things differently and maybe it just wasn't a good fit and I think it's something for things to for people to think about mm-hmm. right Absolutely. if I'm asking if I'm trying to build a network and I'm trying to meet with somebody to build that network how do I make it easy for that person to help me mm-hmm. as opposed to making it more difficult and I think that goes back to the idea of how respectful we are mm-hmm. of asking people to have an entree into their network which I'd like to come back to in just a second but your original question was, how do you make a decision if you're going to invest on whatever level it might be? Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked about this before with regard to just kind of how we evaluate companies. Mm-hmm. At what stage in the process are they? Are they really clear about who they are and who they serve? Do they know exactly what their unique selling proposition is? Do they know how they're going to make money? Do they know how they're going to get out in front of those potential um, customers or clients and what's their plan for doing so and do they have a really clear understanding of the numbers and what that looks like right and again all of these things particularly for startups are things that might change so it's not that they can't change or they can't pivot or they can't you know grow but at the time that I'm evaluating a company are those pieces in place and can they articulate them well enough so that I can understand them and then make a decision yeah I would add to that great list, um, one of my uh, things that I actually look at is how well do they know the competitive landscape? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people will come and they know their idea, they can articulate their idea extremely well. They may know some of their numbers, not all. I know we talk about that (laughs) a lot. Um, But I find that a lot of founders don't take the time to really understand their competitive landscape and actually speak to that in a way that shows me how they're going to either... Um, enter the marketplace, take from the marketplace, or partner with others to scale in the marketplace. So that's interesting. So part of your network is knowing who your competitors are, because they're in your network. Absolutely. And what you're saying is a lot of people, not a lot, but some founders don't understand that landscape, that that network of their competitors, and how they measure up you know, and, and compare themselves to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I find very interesting to hear you say, and I never thought about it like that, where we need to also understand our competitors' network at the same time, which that's a whole nother, you know, show about that. But I think it's important to bring this out as well. So instead of just looking at all the time, oh, I'm going to build my network of investors and, you know, all these people who can help me as an entrepreneur. But at the same time, you need to understand the competitive uh, environment as well, Mm -hmm. which is also a part of your network. Yeah, I mean, I I think understand your competitors, look at who they're acquiring, look at who they're partnering with, Mm -hmm. look at who they're hiring, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things, not just going to your competitors' websites, but looking at who's on the team. You know, what hires have they made recently? A lot of people don't look down to that level, but if you do, it can actually provide additional insight 
and I know you do a lot of marketing and actually looking at um, you know different uh, consumer avatars for companies, and that's another way to look at um, you know are they blindsided by something? Are are people looking at them for one uh, perspective where they're selling it differently? But there, I mean, there's just so much. I, I want to go back to the idea of really treating our networks as an asset, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. Because I think um, I am much more, um, I treat my own network much more carefully and as an asset as I, as I grow older and also as I realize how much value it really has been to me and to others. And not only do I want to cultivate those relationships sometimes better than I actually do, mm -hmm. but also really realizing when I make those connections for other people, they're then representing me. Absolutely. That is so true. So I'm not sure how clearly entrepreneurs or others understand if I've made an introduction for you, I'm putting your reputation, tw 20 mm -hmm. years of my reputation mm -hmm. or more right. on the line because um, I am making this intro to somebody who might be potential, a potential whatever, mm -hmm. connector, mentor, investor, hire, whatever to you. So if you're not presenting yourself well after I've made that introduction, that is a direct reflection on me. Absolutely. Yes, I've, I've, <clears throat> I've been told by a few people that my network is so valuable and I need to learn how to, A, leverage it, which I'm still learning how to do, but also protect it. Mm -hmm. Just don't introduce just anybody to your network. And so people have to understand when you do approach someone and you're looking to connect with their network, there's so many different layers involved. So one of the things I suggest, and I'm sure you two agree, is really try to get to know the person mm -hmm. that you're trying to connect with before you make that ask. Am right. I correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. I say do three things before you make an ask. Give three things before you make an ask. So that goes back to this concept called give, give, get. Mm -hmm. So I learned this in PR. So you, you give two things. So you give things to a reporter. So you give to that reporter maybe a story that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Or you offer the reporter some you know, research and statistics. And then you ask that reporter, you know, can, can you actually interview my client? Because I look at my, my reporter, my journalist, um, in, as part of my power network. So. You're right. It's it's important that you really get to know the people in your network so that those introductions can be made as you are building your network along the way. Mm -hmm. And I don't think a, I think some founders miss that point. And it's so important to be able to understand that. You know, it's really interesting. I, I lost a really good friend uh, last week, and I was talking to a few people um, over the weekend and through the services just around how this individual, he started off as my mentor at work. Um, and, and, and for most of the things that I'm, I'm involved in, you guys know this, I like to make it family. Because mm -hmm. to me, I'm, I'm driven by people, but also by the mission of what mm -hmm. we're doing and the mission of what we're doing together. And I, I stay motivated by knowing you guys are holding me accountable or whoever I'm working with is holding me accountable. Um, but one of the things I would say to your point in terms of getting to know people is get to know them on the business side, mm -hmm. but also get to know them personally and know what drives them, know what some of their triggers might be, mm -hmm. you know, know what 
you know, if they're having a bad day or just texting them and, and reaching out to them and giving them some encouraging words. I think no matter what the power dynamic or level dynamic, and I, I hate to think in those terms, but they do exist, knowing that as you're building a relationship, it's equal and that you, you can give encouragement just as that person is giving things that you need. In the online realm, we actually have a slightly different statistic. It's give six times before you ask once. Really? And I did not know this already. So, so I think particularly if you're trying to build an online tribe or do things, you know, build a social media following or whatever. Or, why, or, why six? Um, just statistically, kind of people are going to feel really sold to because if, if it's less than that mm -hmm. and um, particularly as we're like growing different clients, Facebook groups and so forth, mm -hmm. you want to give people a reason to be there before yeah. you ask them for something, yeah. right? There yeah. has to be a lot of value given mm -hmm. when you're building that kind of following or that tribe. Along those lines, I want to kind of articulate that I think a lot of people think their network is who they know and it's not who you know, it's who you can leverage. And I mean that in a really kind way, mm -hmm. right? But um, it was interesting because earlier today I had somebody say, well, you know, this particular person doesn't have a lot of likes on Facebook. They only have like a thousand likes or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and I was like... I hear that so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is kind of funny coming from me, right? Who's online. I'm like, it, it, likes might be valuable mm -hmm. depending on what your business model is and what that looks like. Or they can be worth absolutely nothing at all. And as a marketing agency, we tend to be very focused on the bottom line. Mm -hmm. So we want our clients to get money in their pocket, yeah. right? We want an ROI. We want cash in the bank as a, as a return on their investment from doing something with us. And I think too many people think about, oh, I've got likes or I've got followers. And if we take that offline, we can also say, oh, I've got all these people that are I'm linked in with or mm -hmm. that are in my phone and that's great but how many of those people back to what you said before how many do you actually know right how many do you know anything personal about them how many of those people can you motivate to take an action on your behalf and that's true both online and off and, and to your point about how much value are you adding so it's really interesting to think about the social aspects and the likes and how how many people are part of your community or tribe how often how many posts you have when I'm looking at strategic partnerships, one of the things we look at as well is what value are you bringing? But mm -hmm. we're looking at, you know, um, how many products can you bring to them? What type of integration from a technical perspective can you bring? Um, are, are they already partnered with someone? Are they helping to expand and allow you to scale? So it's a, it's a different perspective, but it's all around what is the value add and yeah. how do you actually exploit that to, uh, to, to grow and expand? And in PR, we look at engagement. You know, mm -hmm. even though you may have, let's say, you know, 30,000 likes, how many people are engaging with you? Yeah. You know, are they having conversations with you online? And so when you see that, that's when you know that person is an influencer mm -hmm. and that they have a really tight and powerful network because they will put one thing out there and then a whole conversation will get started. And then you'll see how many people liked it, but not only how many liked it, how many people commented on it, hmm. whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Instagram, and even on Twitter, you look at the threads. 
So that's another way to determine somebody's network is by the level of engagement. And I, I, I really cringe when I hear people say, oh, they got so many likes, they have so many followers. But then you go back and you look at their page. Just look at their page. How many people are commenting on what they actually you know, post? So, and then another thing I learned from my, my, my niece, a lot of the millennials would teach you this. When you see um, they've gotten, you know, so many likes, like they put up a post and they got like, let's say 40 likes, but they have like 10,000 followers. She told me that means they bought their followers. And mm. I did not know that. She said, because they bought their followers and that means they really don't know who this person is. Like you said, going back to your other statement, how many people really know you? So, and she said, you look at the comments. That was the first thing she said. And she said, if you see them only you know, 30 people commenting, out of 10,000 followers, you already know that person either bought their followers or they, they have no clue who, who, you know, who's online, who's following them. So back to who can you leverage? Who can mm -hmm. you actually get to take an action, right? Mm -hmm. Like I might have a lot of people in my phone book, for example, but who could I call up and say, mm -hmm. can you spend an hour with this entrepreneur giving mm -hmm. them your advice? Right. Right. I mean, that's what really matters. Or, you know, in the online world, who's going to actually buy your stuff or who's going to exactly. whatever, right? Right. But, but as we talk about network, I think it's really important for us to keep in mind. And the only way to make those relationships that are leverageable are, is to build a relationship. To Absolutely. really have a relationship. Well, ladies, I know we can go on and on about this subject. I love talking about networking. What are the two things, think of two things that you want to offer advice to our listeners out there in terms of building their network and harnessing their network? So building it, like continue to build it or leverage it. And I really already kind of um, talked about this already, but I think those are two key things we should talk about to end our conversation. I've got one final thought. What? <laughs> um, teach people how to talk about you. And, and that's kind of a marketing thing, but. That's a good one. Um, part of what I do in my introduction and things that people write about me or whatever is I teach people what I want to say mm. about me. And that is something that you can do when you're getting to know somebody too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's helpful because it helps people remind you it helps remind people around you what you're about and what you do, but it also allows you to control that message and have more influence. So the one that I was thinking of is, is similar to that, but it, it partners with that one, of course. <laughs> of course, partnerships, um, partnerships. <laughs> is listen to how people introduce you mm -hmm. because then you can see how they view you as well. And you may pick up on things that you may not think you're bringing value add, but someone may think that. And so it helps you hone that message and, and figure out, do you want to be known for that? Or do you want to help construct the message of how you want people to be introduced to you and hear you? And then the, the last, and I've already said it, but I'm really, this is one thing that just from a, a values perspective means a lot to me is just remember that you do hold the people around you, their reputation in your hand. And so when you are speaking on their behalf or you hear something, you know, be bold and step step up, speak up, and, and just make sure you're protecting reputation. Hmm. Well, I've learned a lot today. I thought I knew everything about networking, but <laughs> <laughs> you two have taken it to a whole nother level, so I, I, I've been taking notes. And um, 
I really appreciate this conversation. This is one of the, uh, we've only done one other show where it's just the three of us. So I am excited that we had an opportunity to connect, talk, and talk about the power of networking, especially since that's how I met the two of you. Mm -hmm. And you immediately said yes. Uh, probably because of Natalia, I'm sure it had a lot to see. That's your, what your reputation, your reputation, <laughs> and Natalia's reputation preceded her. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm very grateful and thankful to have both of you on on our show and allow me to interview you and Absolutely. have this, this 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 very important discussion. So, on that note, we're going to um, end it. However, I just wanted to, as a reminder, remember where to find us. We are at getfoundgetfunded.com. You can find us on Twitter. Facebook, and Instagram at Get Found, Get Funded. Thank you for listening to our show. And uh, if you have any questions, please just ping us online. <laughs>